This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. By God, that's Eric Bailey's music I hear welcoming <laughs> in. The glass breaks, and he's walking down to the aisle right now with a giant 316 T-shirt on. Eric, what's going on, buddy? How are you, man? Hey, Pop, it's always good to be on with you. How are you doing today? You are a uh, a gentleman. Yeah, I know. We should be <laughs> slapping cans together right now. Uh, you are a uh, gentleman of... Um, a variety of different skills. I mean, you got your laptop here. You're still pounding away on the keyboard here. You've been all over high school golf, right, doing some coverage for that. And now here you are at Cedar Ridge, man. Six days of golf in the last two weeks. Uh, two days, six A boys and girls each, and now two days here. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah, I'm full of golf. I need to go play around. I haven't played in forever. I'm gonna. I'm gonna find me a uh, course to play on pretty quick. Did we play golf together one time? We I don't did. Know if we haven't. We were I, down way back when. I think. I think one time. Yes, yeah, in the early days. It's yeah, been a long days. time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's been Trust a while. me, my game has not improved since that point. If you ever remember anything about it at all. My so. tee shot is about as good as a Thunder coach's these days. Yeah. So I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> that is. Hilarious. So what's some of your responsibilities been this week here just focusing on live? You know, a lot of bedlam stuff early. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of OSU presence in the field. So I'm kind of excited to get to talk to those guys. It's neat for them to get to come home and be, be around fans. I mean, and this is really a laid back atmosphere compared to last year. That's why I think what I enjoy so far is the pro-am and then yesterday's practice round is really, really laid back. And then today, uh, Kepka's. I mean, that was the big thing. Brooks Kepka. you know, he's going to come here. Then he's going to go to the PGA. Yeah. Uh, announced he's uh, going to be a father soon. And it looks like it's going to be a boy from the press conference when he said, my boy, or something like that. So, uh, yeah. So I think that was exciting. So, yeah, it's just neat being around these guys. You know, the one thing I think that is cool, and, and you know how it is sometimes when a big event comes to town and they – behind the scenes they're talking about hey we want to hype this up we want to hype up the local element and then you get to it and it's like and eh, yeah. how much they, that hasn't been the case here at all it has been the osu and the ou contingent like thrust in front of everyone they have been kind of taking most of the spotlight here i know we saw boomer and pistol pete running around here i <laughs> yes. mean yeah they, they are yeah. they are embracing bedlam here and they understand that this is something that's new to fans of golf and in, in this community uh they're getting to understand the 54 hole concept yeah. the shotgun start uh the music playing i mean that's something that you you know, you, as soon as you walk through the gates, there's music everywhere, and they never turn it down. So no. I think that is, it's just something new, and I think that that's what's exciting about it because it is new. It's not the, the, the it's not the golf your grandpa knows, that's for sure. No, it's not, and it kind of, in a way, I mean, we know it, um, but it never hurts to kind of revisit it. You think about the amount of talent that's that's been able to roll through some of our local schools here that has made millions of dollars on the uh, on either tour and now at live i mean it, it's a nice pat on the back for the state to show what type of athletes that actually live and play here and go to school here you know a lot of these osu golfers they talk about coach holder that was their guy they talked about yesterday they never wanted to disappoint him when they were at osu and now this is their way of giving back and they always have i mean you look at all the osu golfers of the past i still love how ricky fowler wears orange on sundays yeah i mean and that's just a credit to what the osu program meant to the golfer and once you're through that program, through that system, it, it's in your blood forever. And so that, that's what I really is impressed of me the most about these OSU golfers because they never forget where they came from. We had Uline on the air, and we wrapped up the interview. As soon as we threw the headsets down, ask Colby. First thing he, first thing he uh, wanted to talk about was Gundy and the football program. <laughs> we sat here, and I think we did 10 minutes on OSU football even after we finished up with the 15-minute golf conversation on the air with him. So, yeah, those guys still, still bleed orange and – 
um, there there is a unique family aspect around those OSU golfers that they all are kind of intertwined and they they don't let each other forget it at all. No, and that's that's the cool thing, and that's why this, golf is such a special sport. I mean, Abraham Answer yesterday, the the lone OU golfer in the field. You know, he started talking about hoping the defense plays better at OU, and said he he still watches the games. He's still religious about watching football. He said when he came to the the, the, the campus at OU, he didn't know anything about football, but now he's a big OU fan, and like he said, he wants that defense to play better much like many of OU fans out there. That's awesome. Uh, the uh, Speaking of, the last couple of years, I, I know that the history is there with Oklahoma State, but OU and Coach Hibble, with the job that he's been able to do on the golf front, I mean, that that is impressive. There, there's some outside of the football, and I know football is on the come up. I mean, there's some awesome things that are happening with sports. Softball is dominant. Gymnastics has yeah. been do- dominant now, but – uh, a couple years in a row now, OU Golf has been really, really good, Eric. Abraham Answer had a great story. He said that, you know, he was one of the first recruits that Hibble brought to Oklahoma out, out of JUCO, and he said that there was a time he got mad at a, losing a ping pong, and he threw something into the refrigerator, put a big old dent in the refrigerator, and he said that um, all his teammates were in there, and he was going to find out how good these teammates were because he didn't want anyone to tell on him. So when uh, Hibble came in the room and saw the dent in the refrigerator, he said, who did that? No one spoke, said a word. No one fessed up to doing it and answer said i should have but i didn't and then they said they had the worst conditioning practice they ever had after that five years later answer said i really fessed up to hibble and said yeah that was me so but he he, he fondly remembered his time at ou and, yeah. and and what they built there you're right i mean this is a this is a powerhouse program it's where the best golfers go i mean we're fortunate if you're a golf fan OU, OSU, you see some of the best collegiate golfers in the country. And don't they have a lot of things going on with Jimmy Austin right now? Yeah. Has that been yeah. – is Jimmy it still o- under construction? Renovated. And yeah. yeah, yeah, Jimmy Austin's a special place. And that's a great – they have a training center there. The golf program has just a, a specific training center yeah. just off Jimmy Austin, just off site. And, yeah, I mean, they're doing big things. And it's, but campus-wide, they do, they're doing a lot. You see the stadium. See, it's going to be $60 million by the time it's said and done. Uh, there's so much going on on that campus, uh, the renovations at Memorial Stadium, what they're going to do across the street. Uh, it's just growing. It's just growing. And uh, kudos to Joe Castiglione for having the foresight to do all that. What year for this is you on the OUB? Uh, my first year was 2012. Okay. Uh, that's when Oklahoma went to the Cotton Bowl and Johnny Menzel went nuts on them. That was my first yep. year on the beat. And so this is my, I think, 11th season coming up. So it's been a fun ride. I mean, I enjoyed covering Tulsa. I did Tulsa from 2005 to 2011. Great beat. Love that beat so much. But this has been such a fun ride. I've seen the ups, and now I'm seeing the downs. So we'll see what happens from here. But you've seen, not even from an on-the-field perspective, but you've seen so much change and are getting ready to see more change just in terms of what the campus looks like in general. It's insane if you go down there now and just think what it looked like, what, 10, 15 years ago, and then what the projections look like with what they're trying to build. Exactly, and I think that all corresponds with the move to the SEC. They realize they're going to have to have resources to compete in that conference. That's going to be tough. And it's funny, 10 years ago, people were saying, you know, OU fans are saying, oh, the SEC, it's not that big a deal. Well, now we're finding out how big a deal it is because they understand that they have to have facilities. They And not only facilities, you got to have recruits. Everything goes hand in hand, and that's what they're working on now. When do you think that mentality changed? Was it Venables who kind of came onto the scenes and was like, listen, I know you guys might think this way, but this I've yeah. seen it. We've yeah. beat them. This is what we need. And, you know, everyone was mad at Lincoln Riley for leaving, but I really think the change corresponded with Venables arriving, and it was a turn that they needed to take, and I think Venables uh, and and the turn to the SEC was the perfect storm. It made everyone step back and realize, big picture, this is what needs to be done. And Venables, you're right, had a big part of that. You know, with what he brought, what he saw at Clemson, how he competed for national championships, he said, if you want to do that at Oklahoma, this is what you have to do. And uh, you hit the nail on the head, Pop. I really think.
think that Venable's introduction to the program really helped spur this. So much of it is about trying to raise money now, right? Yeah. In, the, in the world of everywhere, really. Yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> media everywhere. Um, I don't know, Eric, if there would have been anywhere close to the amount of momentum, the amount of energy, if Lincoln Riley was still there. And I, look, I, I know that he left, and you're, you're supposed to say bad things about Lincoln, but my, my whole take has always been USC's not Utah Valley State, right? They're a traditional power. He, he felt an opportunity that was there. It's not a bad program that he's leaving for, but I think in the long, well, in the long run in terms of building a foundation – you have the energetic leader in the clubhouse that you need to go out there and get that. Paired with Joe C., it's almost a match made in heaven between those two. It really is, and you're right. I mean, Lincoln Riley, the way he divorced Oklahoma, it really it was tough on a lot of OU fans. And OU fans thought no one could ever leave them, and then they were stunned when Lincoln Riley did. And you really needed a coach. This was an important hire for Joe C. They needed the right coach to help bridge that gap. And for one week when Bob Stoops was the interim coach, that was a huge deal because Bob Stoops helped bridge that too. And then you go back to the Stoops early days with hiring Venables and just his passion, his energy, and how he wants to go out there and lead this program. I think that was a huge get for, for the Sooners. Now, last year was his first year as head coach. There's so much he learned. I mean, it's not just going out there and being the coach and success is going to come. It was a learning year for Brent Venables, too. And I think that 6-7, and seven, uh, it's going to sting for a while. And I think he learned from that. Not only did the team learn from what Venables expects from them, Venables learned what to expect from himself as a head coach. Has he been pretty open about that? A little bit, yeah. I mean, yeah, he takes responsibility. He understands. He always says, man in the mirror. And he had a great quote, yeah. though. It's, it's almost like a man in the mirror. But his, his quote in a press conference was, if we put it on the field, we take responsibility for it. We coached yeah. it. And I, I sent a text message when I heard it to, to Rick on the morning show. and was like, that's really refreshing to hear a head coach. We've all been around coaches that yeah. wouldn't necessarily say something like that out loud. Yeah, and you know what? It's funny. Steve Cragthorpe, the former Tulsa coach, he always said, don't have fingers, have thumbs. And that he always directed stuff back at him. If things aren't going right, it's the thumb. Look at back at myself. And it's my job to get these players ready to play. I think Venables has that same mentality where he takes responsibility and accountability for what he puts on the field. And it's a re reflection of his coaching style. So I think that's something that it's, it's refreshing to see because, you know, there's so many coaches that you know hey you know the players didn't do this they should have known to do this they do that but Venables is taking responsibility for what's happening uh how far that will that get him we'll see there has to be improvement in year two definitely from six and seven I think there will be but uh it's just how fast is that turn going to take last thing on the OU front for me is um do you think that when that hit Josie uh Lincoln Riley saying hey I'm leaving we all love Joe. I mean, I, I mean, Joe could run a Fortune 500 company and be, and be fine. Every now and then, though, Eric, we all need a little reminder. Sometimes we all need a little shove in the right direction. Sometimes I need a kick in the rear, right, if, if I'm doing something wrong. And I'm not saying that Joe needed that, but it lit a fire, didn't it? It, it at least seems to with the way that he talks about things. And it might have been rough to get over it in the early stages, but sometimes, hey, uh, we can use this and try to spin it as, as much of a positive as we can. And that's his job as an athletic director. Yeah, you always want the best for the school. You know, I've had some conversations off the record just talking to Joe about things, and it, it really seems that he really was caught off guard by this in terms of he didn't expect Riley to leave. I know there was a lot of talk about LSU yeah. going into that Bedlam game. Everyone thought Riley was going to LSU. And then when Lincoln said after that that LSU game that he was not going to LSU, everyone breathed easier than 16 hours later, USC, <laughs> he's gone. So I think 
that really caught Joe off guard. He wasn't expecting it. But again, it's one. If you're a good athletic director, you it, you always know who your next guy is going to be, even though you may not think you'll ever have to make that phone call. I think Brent Venables was always on that short list of who he wanted to, to look at. And in a week's time, he got Venables. You know, they made the deal, and he, he was uh, flying in late Sunday, not late on a Sunday night to Norman to be named uh, or announced as Oklahoma's head coach. Eric Bailey is a man of many skills, most of those at the Tulsa World, but. Uh, we can add now softball broadcaster to your <laughs> resume, right? You got the uh, LinkedIn all uh, lined up and got that updated on there. How was that experience on ESPN Plus with the uh, Sooners and then uh, Bruce Howard giving you the uh, the call to be a part of the broadcast? Well, first of all, all credit goes to Bruce Howard and Michelle Montaigne, who are on the broadcast staff. They knew I was a rookie making my debut being an analyst. And I will tell you this, Pop, I never breathe easier. Last out of the last inning, I was still breathing hard, just <laughs> nervous. Let's say, let's get this last out so I can get off the air. Uh, it was fun, but it was just, I was just never comfortable. I never felt like, oh, this is easy. No, not at all. And, you know, I just didn't want to mess up. That was the big thing. You, you know, the coaches say play to win. I was playing not to lose. So I was, I was going slow, trying to take my time, letting Bruce do most of the talking, Michelle do most of the talking. So they really carried me through. But it, it's something 20 years from now I'll look back and say, hey, you know what? I did that. Yeah. So that's what I think the most exciting thing about it, looking back at it. Uh, it was something I'd never done before. I tried it. I experienced it. I got through it, and uh, I'll always remember You it. didn't get any hate messages, did you, or anything, <laughs> right? I had Twitter open in case something okay, messed up. So I right. was following Twitter, and, and nothing bad. So okay. people were saying I did good. So, uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll just live with that. I almost sent you a, uh, a message right before I told you this <laughs> yesterday. I was going to send you one. I was like, hey, man, don't bleep up. <laughs> but I was like, nah, uh, he's probably a little bit nervous right now. No. Uh, speaking of softball, We've run out of things to say about about that crew in Norman, man. I, I don't even know. I don't even know where to begin with them. I mean, think about it. Forty nine and one. They've won forty one in a row. The all time record's forty seven. Yeah, they're closing. So they're in. closing in on that record, and it's just a machine. I mean, they lead the country in offense. They lead the country in fielding percentage. They lead the country in ERA. Uh, now it's just go out there and do what you do in postseason, and that's the thing. How are they going to handle expectations? How are they going to handle, you know, lose two games in a weekend and you're done? Uh, I think they'll be okay. There's a lot of experience on this team, but yet you still have to go out and do it. I mean, uh, is this season – if they don't win a national championship, is this season a disappointment? And it's oh, the Giannis question the Giannis has it become question. a failure. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And and that's the deal. I mean, it's easy to say after going 41, 49 and one in the regular season, huh? Maybe it is. And but you don't want to say that about a team that's just been so remarkable all year long. And they so, win in a variety of ways, Eric. They do. They I don't mean, do it every the same way every time. The offense hasn't been the best late in the season, but the, the pitching and the defense gets them through. And there have been times when they score 10, 12 runs, run rule teams, and we see that too. So, uh, you know, the most crazy stat, and, and I just looked it up now to get, get updated, get it refreshed. They have 91 home runs and 95 doubles. They almost have as many home runs as doubles. That's, I've never known that. I mean, that's so crazy because at one point they had 88 of each. So that's just uh, that just tells you about just this offense. It's so potent. They can do they can hurt you in so many ways. They can hit it in the gap or they can hit over the fence. So I, I think if they can find their offense, get their offensive stride a little bit more in the postseason. I don't see a way this team's beat because the, the the pitching has been so well and the defense has played really, really good. Well, look at – let's take the Bedlam series as an yeah. example, right? We mm-hmm. get to Saturday, Oklahoma State's in prime position. Yeah. Colby and I were texting back and forth. And then 
a few things happen. Oklahoma State still has an opportunity here, but it just felt like that the moment was too big for them. Like you've got, they've built up enough equity right in their own yeah. game that they're like this monster that's just kind of leaning over your shoulder. That they're constantly there putting pressure on you to finish finish games against them. Well, you know, you look at game one. Uh, Oklahoma State gave up 12 free passes. I think they had nine walks, a couple hit batters, and such. And I think that was the pitchers just saying, I don't want to make a mistake. I got to hit this corner. I got to can't throw it down the middle. And then you start really walking people because you're not trying to yeah. give them something they can hit. Game two, you get in there and you think you're up two nothing in the, the seventh inning. You're going to win this game. You're not only going to win, you're going to shut out the Sooners. When's the last time they've been shut out? There's probably things going in three outs. All they need is three With outs. Maxwell. With Maxwell on the mound. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, they brought Maxwell back in and you look like she was nervous. I mean, she threw a ball, hit her leg, went to the fence. You give up that big hit to Tiara Jennings. I mean, it just went downhill. And I think game two, that 4-2 comeback win by Oklahoma fed over into game three. Uh, Oklahoma State just, I mean, it was, what, 5-1 on Sunday. And I just think that that Saturday played and carried over into Sunday for OSU. And, I mean, I think OSU is a great team, but they're just struggling. They're yeah. really going to have to find their find something, you know, going into the Big 12, which they've played tonight. And they really need to, to, to find something and get some momentum back uh, to get ready for postseason. How's your daughter's softball going? Good. Uh, Tulsa Elite 27-28. We had a tough weekend, man. I was like in the dugout. It was funny. We were pleading with them. We were yelling with them. We were begging them. We're trying to find that trigger, and we just had a bad weekend. But uh, but softballs. I mean, Patty Gasso said it. I mean, you, you can't win every game, and you go out there and you learn every game. And uh, our, our little kids, they're 13 now, and they're we're playing up. We're playing older kids. We just tell them to learn. That's it. I mean, yeah. I, I, you learn at that age. You learn at the college level, too. Okay, so you're the perfect person to ask this then. Someone that lives it week in, week out, yeah. right, with your kids. Uh, How much of an impact has the quality of softball at the college level played even with the lower level here in the state? Can you see it? Can you feel it? You can feel it. I mean, Oklahoma is such a special place to watch softball. There are good teams in Tulsa. There are good teams in Oklahoma City. And, you know, it's funny, during a weekend on a Saturday, uh, between games, if you have a game off and you play, you know, in an hour, hour and a half, you see girls looking at their phones, watching OU and OSU play on their phones. The impact that uh, – that uh, Patty Gasso and Kenny Iesi has placed on this 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 sport is amazing, and you know even Chrissy over at yeah. Tulsa. I mean, it's like we can't leave TU out because nope. TU's got an outstanding program too. Even Arkansas, Arkansas, right is just, yeah, Arkansas is right there too. So softball is big in our state, and we look at Roger State, we look at UCO, we look at the junior college level, Seminole. I mean, it, it's it's amazing the quality of softball in our state, and I really do, do think it feeds over. Uh, to the high school level and also, you know, the little kids, you know, the 13-year-old travel teams that go out there and they see their role models. They see their heroes on Saturdays in a softball stadium. They they know who these kids, they know who Kelly Maxwell is. They know yeah. who Cheyenne Factor is. They, they know, of course, Jada Coleman. They all want to wear Jada Coleman shirts. I mean, it's incredible the reach of softball in this state. It doesn't happen everywhere, and we're fortunate, and I'm fortunate as a softball dad to see that. Where was your favorite place to go when you were covering TU? Covering TU? Oh, that's a great question. Um Man, you know, I, you know, it wasn't every year, but I got to cover a game at Army. And yeah. I got to cover a game at Navy. Yeah. And going to the academies, that was awesome. I loved going to Army. And finally, oh, Army's back on the schedule. Mm -hmm. Finally get to go in a yeah. few years. Yeah. The Navy one is always awesome. Yeah. Love it. Oh, gosh, and I yeah. can't wait to go to West Point. West Point, we, you know, COVID hurt OU because they were supposed to go to West Point and, and play in New York. And I know Joe C. was really looking forward to that game. I was looking forward to covering it. Yeah. So that was a fun time. But the Tulsa days, I love the Tulsa days. I went to Hawaii for the Hawaii Bowl in G.J. Yeah. Kinney's final year. Yeah. Todd Graham's final game when we went.
went to Hawaii, and I tell everybody, I was out there for five days. Thank you to the Tulsa world for sending me. I will always say that, but I will say this too. I worked too hard. I said, I got to get these stories in. I got to do this. I got to do that. <laughs> I should have enjoyed Hawaii a little more. Yeah. That was the mistake, but uh, I, DT and everyone over to you always be my favorite people. I always love recovering Tulsa. I always enjoy going back and seeing everybody, Stephanie Hall, Bruce Howard, everyone that's been there so long. It's so much fun. I, I love to you. I love going to Lebanon Harvard. Well, nothing has changed on the road, man. It's DT and Bruce kind of button heads, right, when we get in the car <laughs> trying to decide where we're going to go eat and picking up from the airports. It's the same stuff, man. That's same funny. stuff. That's funny. Eric, I appreciate you, man. Keep up the great work, man. You're always one of our faves. Always love that you can uh, make some time for us here on the station, man. All right, Pop. Anytime. Just give me a call, man. Awesome. That's Eric Bailey from the Tulsa World joining us here on the Blitz 1170. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back for more. We're live from Cedar Ridge Country Club here covering live. It's the Cedar Ridge Country Club stop here for the Live Golf League. All of our coverage is brought to you by Triad Eye Institute and also our friends over at Chris Nickel Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.